Hey everybody, Dave Hodges here. I'm the host of The Common Sense Show, and that's what you've joined. And we are the show that, well, we're trying to free America one enslaved mind at a time, but we need your help. Because we end up going on digital platforms with our archives and TuneIn and all our sponsors and outlets that carry us, we really do appreciate the fact that you guys share these broadcasts, but I think we need to step it up and do not do it with an echo chamber. I mean, send it to your grandma, your best friend, say, hey, this is kind of interesting, heard this today on Dave's show, but we need to be reaching people who need to hear this, people who are outside the mainstream, and particularly moms of kids, because now they have walked into the knowledge of everything is not as it appears to be because their kids are being turned into perverts and Marxists in our public schools. That's the group that could really turn the tide here with their sheer numbers. So please share this broadcast. Now we have a really uh, interesting show today. We, In an ongoing series, we have uh, Susan Bradford back and uh, she, you know, it's her background so extensive. It's I don't want to waste a lot of time going into it because we've done it twice before in our previous broadcast. I'll just say this. Susan has had a seat at the table in many different factions where she got to observe trends in often what we call globalism, new world order, put whatever euphemism you want on it. Um, she was instrumental in, in forming a, a literary group that uh, dealt with some of the EU issues. And uh, we got to compare notes with my brief experience, uh, very insignificant compared to hers, but we got to compare notes and it was fascinating the parallels that uh, that we came across. And, and the thing is, having been on that side of things, I can tell you everything that Susan is saying is absolutely fact. And we've delved a lot into China because China could be our, our downfall, or some people say is our downfall. And we're gonna go in that direction with Susan. and. Like I said, there's such a wealth of material here, and I should probably mention too, she also did a, a stint with CBS News as a writer. So she's seen what's going on here from a whole lot of different angles, and I think this has given her a very unique perspective that's very valuable for we as Americans to consider because you have to be able to identify your enemy. And uh, I see what she's doing here is a lot of enemy identification in terms of bringing out the shadows and, and exploring the history. And then one more thing, ladies and gentlemen, yours truly is starring in a CBS show, CSI Vegas, and David Hodges is a culprit, and he's got some weird habits, and um, it's not really me, but some people out here in the audience, many of you have written to me, you think they're talking about me very directly. And uh, I, I, I threw this Susan's way, and she came back and had a really unique perspective, and she delved into this much deeper, and I'm not surprised, but much deeper than anybody else. And so, Susan, welcome to the show. And I wanted to just briefly start with your analysis of what CBS is doing with my namesake. Yes. Um, hi, Dave. Uh, thank you so much uh, for having me back. Um, yes, so the, uh, the elite like to... Um, encode the names of characters that they are following or who have a significance to them somehow uh, within their movies and and plays and their uh, their false flag events. Um, and as you had pointed out, um, a Dave Hodges appears uh, um, in C CSI, um, and the, the characters that they portray. I mean, it, it fits you to to a T or, or, or you know close enough. A highly intelligent person, um, an investigator who's getting under their skin. And, and is uh, presenting um, false uh, intelligence 
or false analysis of planning false information. And um, that could be, you know, a code that they, they want to, um, you know, indoctrinate the public into to associating the name Dave Rogers <coughs> with false information, which, you know, we know you're, you're the opposite. Um, and they also put you in, in touch with a, um, or connected you to a Gregory, um, a Gr Gregory who was working on uh, exposing some sexual, uh, I guess, hijinks involving a, a teenager. And uh, the Gregory that came to mind was um, Gregory Hallett, who uh, is um, a, a presumed um, hidden king of England who uh, exposed the illegitimacy behind um, the British monarchy. Um, and uh, particularly, uh, um, he identified a lady by the name of Sanderson, who sits in for the Queen on the, on the national stage. In fact, um, Hallett has said that um, Sanderson uh, is on the British um, coins, not the Queen herself. So I found it very interesting that they have you working with um, a, a Gregory Sanderson, who happens to be investigating how, I think it was something to do with... Um, uh, how a, a, a teenager compromised somebody else. I can't remember the details of, of the storyline, but it seemed to fit with um, a Kate Middleton, uh, who, as a teenager, targeted um, Prince William. And Prince William, um, I guess uh, Kate uh, Middleton was um, a goldsmith and, and somehow connected to the Rothschild. So I found that very interesting that they're mm. encoding these different threads in, you know, with, with your narrative. Well, the investigation and the comment is very interesting because um, the Arizona audit became the Arizona fraudit. And uh, it was led by Karen Van, and I said she was committing fraud all the way through. And I cited examples that I said I believe she had conflicts of interest. And that was she could have been leveraged by these. And I went through all this, and the cast of characters related, and they're compromised. And Susan, um, they, they came out with this phony report that all they did was recount the votes that were counted in the first place. But they say, oh, we found 176,000 missing votes. Okay, that's good. Uh, who benefited from that? They didn't even analyze it. And before they issued their opinion that Joe Biden actually got 300 votes more than they thought, they had court-ordered, subpoenaed, and Attorney General ordered evidence to be surrendered from the Criminal County Board of Supervisors in Maricopa County. And that evidence had not yet been transferred when they issued their opinion. So they did they, they did their opinion on the audit without having the evidence. And they know I sit here in the background because there was um, a time when I came out in May and I had some insider information that ended up being accurate. And I said, this is what they have. This is what they don't have. And I put it out and I got viciously attacked in my circle. In fact, our common contact, Sarah Westall, was contacted by Joe Van Pulitzer inside the audit. And he said, don't listen to Dave Hodges. He's going to ruin the audit. And she said, how could Dave ruin the audit? He's just a guy with a computer doing investigation. How could he? He's not under NDA. Not, so they, 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 did him. they told uh, Paul Preston, uh, a friend of mine, they said, hey, Paul, you keep following Hodges and having him on your show, he's going to get you killed. And this is over the audit. And they know damn good and well what I have. I have spoken publicly throughout Arizona at various groups, and they know I have the data. I have the real numbers. They know. They probably even know who my sources are because they tried to kill one of them by cutting his brake lines. And what I'm saying, Susan, is they know my avalanche is coming, and they also know I'm smart enough to have dead man switches that knocking me off, turning me into a victim, is not going to stop this from coming out. 
So am I surprised by this CBS attack that Dave Hodges implants false data? No, I'm not at all, because they know that I know, and they know I know about their corruption. I thought it was very interesting that they characterized you as very intelligent but arrogant, that you know, you, and that that arrogance get, got under their skin somehow. That you're going to do what you, what you need to do, um, and I think you had also indicated that um, even though you have the evidence that they are not going to do anything about it, um, I think that there is a narrative that they're trying to reinforce, and you've ob- you obviously have the evidence that contradicts that narrative. Yeah, there's a guy here in Arizona. Just to kind of illustrate your point, your your instincts and observations are so right on. There's a man here. He's a state rep named Mark Fincham. And I have never spoken to Mark. Some people think Mark has given me information. No, I have never spoken to the man in any communication, email, nothing. So we can dispel with that right now. But Mark isn't letting go of this audit deal. He is one of the good guys. Well, last night on Channel 3 here in the Phoenix area, they had a headline that said, totally discredited lawmaker lying about audit results and they said multiple audits have shown the election was just fine they never had multiple audits they had one audit and they had evidence and i got the evidence from some of the insiders and then they turned around and said oh no harm no foul even though we found all these missing votes and we were documenting things as they were doing it the investigation and they're they're calling this guy a conspiracy nut uh, they're saying he's just grandstanding to run for Secretary of State. They're scared he'll be in charge of the votes. And they're launching an all-out war on him. He was on, they do uh, a 5 o'clock hour news, uh, a 4 o'clock hour news, an 8 o'clock and a 9 o'clock. He was on all four segments being brutalized. They bring in these supposed liberal experts. And then this morning, my wife had the channel on, and they were doing it again. And and so what I'm telling you is they are scared to death of this coming out. And what these people need to know is Dave Hodges is not going to be the only one bringing this audit information out. I have informed, I have trained, and I have educated people throughout Arizona on this. And there's going to be an army of revelation that's even independent of me. So they better watch their butts because I'm, I'm, we're not going to have a state that has such a corrupt election system. And and so we're. I'll just give you one example, and then I want to move on to uh, to UC Irvine and what what you were telling me before we went on air. But I'm just going to say this: they had. I talked to three election officials, who in their supervisory capability, we collectively added up. There were 20,000 votes minimum, and there probably is 150,000 that were duplicate ballots. So you put your card into the machine, it rejects it for whatever reason, you do a duplicate. And by state law, they have to attach the duplicate with the original, and they can't be separated or the vote can't be counted. They have 20,000 of those that I know of that they don't have an original for the duplicate. And almost all of them, according to these sources, were votes for Biden. And Biden only won by 11,000 votes in, in in the election. And yet, I know this to be true, other people know this to be true, and it's not even mentioned in their report. That's what I mean by a cover-up. You know, a lot of these uh, politicians are, are in the pocket of, China, of communist China. Oh, yeah. So yeah, I'm our governor. That they're doing that. Oh, you're so right. Our governor, uh, at the National Governors Association meeting in 2017, shortly after he was elected, and shortly after he made his millions in his, in his uh, ice cream company in China, he came out and promised the Chinese rare earth minerals for their military. 
the head of the county board of supervisors that refuses to release information and evidence even though they're under court order to do it not once but twice uh jack sellers the head of that organization we have pictures of him on ccp tv he's put together sister organizations with corporations utilities universities and town governments city governments here in the phoenix area with Chinese cities and here we are facing off in the South China Sea where we've already had two military incidents and we're very close to war. This is treason. And so when you talk it, about it the is, Chinese influence, this is treason by my state and local officials. That's absolutely correct because we we know exactly what, what their plans are for, for um, the United States. So that they've, they've stated as, as much that they, they want to, to conquer our country and eradicate our people. And, you know, of course, it take our natural resources. So for our uh, governors and our, our leaders to be complicit in this agenda in order to um, acquire some private gain, I mean, that, that, is, you know, that is treason against the country and, 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 and its people. Yeah, that's – so you are so – this is what they're afraid of coming out, and they know I'm having an impact. I, I've been on radio stations in this state. I've spoken to civic and political groups. Um, and like I said, now I have people who are out doing investigating and they're speaking. And so it's really getting uh, interesting here. But, um, you know, impact. at first my wife and I just thought, well, it's a name coincidence on CBS, no big deal. But, yeah, as I delve deeper into this and listened to and read your analysis, um, this has directly targeted me because if Arizona were to prove voter fraud here and it were to come out that Trump actually won, then what we would be looking at now is the first domino fell. Uh, Fulton County in Georgia would be next, then it'd be uh, Wisconsin, then it'd be Pennsylvania. And I've talked to people from all these areas that we're waiting on you in Arizona. I said, well, you're going to be waiting till hell freezes over because our politicians are more corrupt than the day is long. And that's, that's what we're battling. But thank you for taking the time to analyze this. Uh, I like how you concluded it on writing to me. You, you went through your analysis and you said, I have gotten the attention of the top Masonic powers. I thought that was, I, I, I thought that was effective. I, I, think, I think it's very, uh, it's very interesting. Um, and I, I agree that you have, but uh, I, I think that what these people um, are afraid of most is, uh, is disclosure and, and scrutiny. But I think it's you know it's really important that, that you and others continue to put the pressure on them and continue to demand for some type of accountability. Well, really the way the this. way that we strike back now is they can bring in their damn voting machines, which and by the way, Yavapai County, which has turned into a corruption hellhole too. Uh, that's the Prescott area, about a hundred. What is it, a quarter of a million people in that county? Um, their county clerk and recorder all mail in ballots. Um, and they're going to use Dominion to count them. I mean, the more things change, the more they stay the same. I know people in that area that are going to, they plan on re recalling the county clerk and recorder. They're, they're going after her um, for this nonsense. And this is a highly conservative community. I mean, these people uh, are probably the most conservative community in the United States. They were the home of the militia movement back in the 80s and 90s. And uh, the, these people become very sophisticated in their politics. And I, I, have spoke, I speak uh, to two civic groups up there, and these people know what they're doing. I'm telling you, these politicians are in trouble. They were going to do a, um, a mandate for vaccines for the regional medical center there, and 70% of the nurses and doctors have refused to comply. 
and this, this, these groups actually forced them to rescind the order until February. And it's, I think it's a strategic retreat on these people's part because I don't think they're going to try to enforce it because they're all going to lose their jobs if they do. So this is what uh, these crooked politicians face is a rising populace that's armed with knowledge. Anyway, let's go to UC Irvine real quick here. You, you were telling me an interesting story about uh, California, the education system under our former governor here in Arizona and former uh, Homeland Security Chief Janet Napolitano. Yes, um, I, I am a, um, a graduate of UC Irvine, and uh, I received an email about a, a year or so ago um, encouraging me to protest against um, white supremacy. And, you know, of course, I, <laughs> I responded to that email and I advised them that, you know, um, that, that there, you know, that this was sort of inappropriate. Um, for numerous reasons, um, and what what I was finding and what I've found out since is that um, there are reports that about 60% of the UC Irvine uh, student body is now from China, and of course, in order to come uh, to be a student um, uh, in, in the UC system from China, you'd have to be a member of the Communist Party or you know part of the Communist uh, Party infrastructure, um, and so. With with this uh, with this new Chinese immigration, you also have money because foreign students pay far more than, than uh, in-state students. So you're having that Chinese money flooding into the UC system. Um, it's uh, establishing uh, collaborations between the UC um, R&D and, and Communist China, and I think you know. And with that that money, of course, you're having uh, more influence, and they're they're pro- projecting this you know agenda, this woke agenda that is kind of undermining um, our, our culture within uh, California. Um, the UC system used to be one of the most um, prestigious um, and uh, best for va- for value education university systems within within the U.S. Um, and now with the Chinese influence, it's becoming a, a woke culture and. Um, you know, what we're seeing that you know communist, communist China is taking over uh, the state. Yeah, no question. And as I was telling you before we went on air, the process you're describing is exactly what happened in Australia. I covered it in print probably about six years ago, and the people were actually protesting in Australia, but to no avail. They were ignored, but they had self-identified the problem. Here in America, only people like you, analysts are talking about this we don't see protests like hey there are too many nationalist chinese here and of course they turn it into a racial issue if they did correct i mean it um i don't think americans are opposed to chinese there, there have always been a number of um uh oriental students in the uc system since uh, uh admissions is based upon gpa and sat scores and orientals um disproportionately tend to hi- have the higher gpas yeah, and sat do. scores uh, yeah, so they they you know earn their 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 spot in the in on the system. We're talking about um, the students from a communist China who are here to serve a communist uh, Chinese agenda. Yeah, no, I I, uh, I I totally agree. But the key is is these aren't uh, American citizens of Chinese extraction. These are Chinese people mm-hmm. from China, That's not correct. loyal to America. That's. That's a scary thing. What do you think the end game is for this education takeover by the Chinese, like at UC Irvine? Um, the, the, the Chinese have, have said that 
um, they, they want um, well first they, they want to expand into uh, Australia, uh, North America, uh, meaning Canada and, and the United States, because they believe that the, um, their own land is polluted. They cannot sustain themselves. They don't have um, enough farmland uh, to feed their people. They don't have enough natural resources to be self-sustaining. So they believe in order to have the, the Chinese centuries that, that they aspire to have, uh, that they need to expand uh, throughout the world. Um, so part of that expansion involves uh, sending a Chinese executives and Chinese students into um, host countries. Those Chinese students in turn become their agents. And so they will infiltrate the R&D departments, send our secrets back to China. Uh, they will promote, you know, the, the woke culture, um, essentially promote um, the strategic uh, items that will enhance uh, Chinese, China's position against the United States. And then by proxy, uh, China eventually ho hopes to, you know, to rule, um, to rule our country. And I think they have, you know, a fairly good agent in, in Biden already. But it, this is really kind of a a conquest through uh, through proxy. Hmm, that's really fascinating. That is truly fascinating. I um, I, I couldn't think of a more clever plot. I mean, it clearly is the inside out plot. And it's what they do with our local politicians. I mean, it's uh, I detailed two examples as we began uh, our segment today with uh, uh, County Supervisor Sellers and, and Governor Ducey. And they're not alone. Do you see, um, for example, across the board, when George Soros is involved, is he working in concert with the Chinese, in your opinion? Um, I believe that, that Soros is uh, essentially a Rothschild agent, and since the Rothschilds created Communist China and are working through Communist China uh, to uh, essentially establish their um, their new world order, um, I believe that you know that Soros would in turn be working. His agenda would coincide with with China. Yeah, that's what makes sense to me too. Because, for example, if we were to prosecute for election fraud here in Maricopa County. The sheriff would have to be involved in the affidavits, and the sheriff Penzone uh, was funded to the tune of two million dollars by George Soros uh, operations and organizations to defeat Jor Pyle, uh, who was a very conservative, border-conscious sheriff. And then our St Secretary of State Katie Hobbs is owned by George Soros. And that's a well-known fact in many circles, and those facts are not in dispute. They've been confirmed on my show by multiple sources. So um, when we take a look at that, I, I, I think your analysis is correct. I do view uh, Soros and the Chinese working in the same direction. Um, it's and very interesting. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I think it's very interesting that you say that because I, um, they've had a very a long-term um, uh, goal or long-term strategy. So I remember, I think, during the Bush administration that um, Soros was pouring money into um, – uh, judicial uh, campaigns, like to to um, ensure that activist judges would be appointed to the, to the bench. Yes, he was, he was packing the courts, and he's also doing it with prosecutors, said. you know, district attorneys and so forth. Mm -hmm. I, I, now, right. I'll give you an example. The, the the her name is Kim, and her last name jumps out of my head. She's the uh, AG of uh, Illinois, and she won't prosecute murders. She's letting murderers go, no charges. And um, I, I can guarantee you she's funded by Soros. I mean, after a while, you, you probably get this sense, too. You, when you listen to someone and look at their actions in office, you can tell whose money's behind them. Correct. You, can, you know them by their fruits. 
Huh. Hmm. That's true. Um, we need to take a break for a second, and then I come back. I want to jump into um, uh, more of the history on how this all got started. And, and folks, understanding the history understands who the players are. You understand their strategy. It's like getting their playbook, and that's why it's really important that we do this. So um, stay tuned. We'll be right back here with our guest. And uh, I just got to say, ladies and gentlemen, I am really concerned about the stability of this country, particularly with the food supply. Um, with the container ships, uh, the food's not going out, <laughs> too. That, that, see, people aren't talking about that. But I have farmers telling me that they're not making money. And that's a real problem for them. And then, of course, the drought and all the other restrictions. And, and Biden is literally forcing many of them not to grow crops. He's telling them, we'll pay you one and a half times over what you'd expect to get. But if you produce crops, we won't pay for insurance. We won't cover you on this or that, and we'll just make your life a living hell. And, you know, the, the meat packing plants still aren't open. There's no excuse for that, except it's obvious what's going on. They're creating a food shortage. And then, of course, corporates and Bill Gates are buying up farmland fa faster than you can even take note of it. The largest owner of farmland in America today is Bill Gates, and he doesn't have to have your best interest at heart. That's why I'm saying you need storable food. And here's another problem. We believe the government is buying up a lot of the food in storable food companies. And what they're saying is low inventory and this and that and the other. I'm not sure I believe that. It might be true in one or two cases, but I think across the board, they're creating shortages by buying product. I know because we've been approached and said no. Yeah, that's right. You're getting a breaking item right here. We can supply your food needs. Unlike some people say we're quitting the business until January. We can supply what you need within 72 hours. Yeah, there's no long waiting period. We're not waiting till January to take orders again. So you do need the storable food packages. There's deals available at preparewithdave.com. And you're going to get the same type of quality, 25-year shelf life, 2,000 calories per day. But this is your number one need right now, folks. I hope you don't need it. But let's put it this way. The Hodges household has redoubled our efforts just because I see all these signs. This isn't I'm waking up one day and I forgot to take my paranoia medication. I'm reacting to real-time events. So preparewithdave.com. Also along those lines, too, you need communication. They can shut down a city in 30 minutes. In fact, now we have information from uh, Sarah Westall, who came on our TV show last week. And Sarah said, Dave, did you know that the banks are being pressured to be able to shut down upon 30 minutes of command? No ATMs, no point of sales, no nothing. And, and I didn't know that. And then I went and checked it out with some people I know, and Sarah was right on the money. Well, what that means is they can shut your city down, your bank down, close your city off within 30 minutes in the drills they've done. They're going to take down your communications. And that's a scary, scary thing if your family's out and about on their daily routines. How are you going to reunite? That's why we have sat phones. My sat phone cost me one quarter of what it costs to have a cell phone, and it can't be taken down. You need to look into it. I would call right now after the show, 855-980-5830, 855-980-5830. And also, too, ladies and gentlemen, in an economic downturn, in the Depression, for example, in the stock market, more millionaires were created then than any other time in our history on a percentage basis. Did you know that? Well, that same thing's going to be true here. As our economy collapses under the sheer weight of debt and increasing fiat currency because people are running from the petrodollar, the dollar is in trouble, guys. And I'm telling you, if you leave your money in the bank, you're going to get destroyed. Have operating capital, but you need to diversify. 
And if you do that in the precious metals as part of what you do, you're going to come through this a whole lot better than the other person that thinks it's business as usual. That's why I went to Noble Gold. I went from advertiser to advertiser plus customer. Give them a call. 877-646-5347. 877-646-5347. I hope you never need these three items. I hope. But my fear tells me that you probably will need all three. And that's why we center our advertising on things we think you will need we don't do fluff. We turn down 90% of the advertising that comes our way for this reason. But we're talking to Susan Bradford, and we're going to delve into China and um, and how America was sold down the river, literally and figuratively, to China in the 1960s, beginning with Henry Kissinger and Chairman Mao. So, Susan, let's go ahead and pick it up kind of where we left off in our last discussion last week. Okay, thank you, Dave. Um so I think as we discussed last week, um, we established that um, Henry Kissinger, who was um, uh, President Nixon's Secretary of State, um, was uh, trained um, in, in London um, and for the, the role that he was to play with um, on the national and, and global stage. Um, essentially, the, the key person who was to um, lay the foundations uh, for the Chinese takeover and establish the um, inter interlocking um, networks and the interdependencies that would be the basis of the New World Order. So, um, uh, during um, when, once he became Secretary of State, um, he worked across the aisle from uh, Chairman Mao, who was a, a Rothschild bloodline, the leader of, of the communist, uh, the leader of communist China, who was also trained in, in London. And um, together they had uh, decided, they had worked together on how they could um, collapse the United States from within. And this is documented in the Kissinger uh, transcripts. And also um, I've provided um, coverage of this in my book, The Shadow Dragon. So among their um, their agenda items were to uh, they wanted to lower um, the trade barrier for free trade without congressional approval, and they sought to um, impair um, America's interest by flooding the country with disaster, meaning with immigrants. And this would not be for uh, immigration in general, but from uh, Chinese immigrants and those from those countries that would be hostile to the United States. So essentially, they were um, weaponizing immigration. And by flooding the country, they had expected that China would rule the United States by proxy. Um, so among the politicians who was, you know, uh, who had. Um, who nursed presidential aspirations, and he was all too keen to carry out this agenda, was um, Ted Kennedy. Um, Ted Kennedy um, uh, fundamentally transformed uh, the immigration system within the U.S. by um, uh, he um, promoted chain migration. He introduced uh, the lottery, opening up um, uh, immigration to um, uh, hostile countries in, in Africa and in Asia and the Middle East while um, cu cutting down and curtailing immigration from uh, Europe, you know, where we had the most cultural similarities. Um, and the, uh, the transformation that uh, Ted Kennedy set in order um, permanently um, altered America's ability to control its borders and uh, remain an environment, uh, environmentally sustainable nation. Um, um, the agenda um, that was put in motion by uh, by Kissinger and and Chairman Mao was um, uh, took uh, force um, and gained impetus under Obama, 
And this was uh, during the TPP, a Trans-Pacific Partnership, in which um, Obama was attempting to create international tribunals that would overrule any trade disputes, um, it would go around Congress and the United States mm -hmm. and overrule American law for, for, for trade, for foreign trade. Was that that 22-person council, I believe it was 22 or 23, uh, they were like mm -hmm. a business council and they could uh, veto any government action? Correct. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. The, the, the tribunal, and he uh, he also this um, legislation was going to be a, a Trojan horse for o Obama's um, immigration policy. So essentially, they could bring in um, the immigrants from the, the signatory countries, including Mexico, Australia, New Zealand, Chile, and, and later China, to allow them to take jobs that otherwise would have gone to um, to American citizens. Um, so this was going to allow him to to fast track his his worker program. Um, now the um, uh, the plan was set in motion. Um, it was signed, but uh, thank thank goodness you know, Trump pulled us out of it. Um, eventually, like this, the, the goal for Obama was to create it was um, a free trade area for the Asia Pacific, which would include Russia and China. So they were going to build upon NAFTA. Um, then extend NAFTA down through Latin America, connect it to the east, very similar to what um, the Rothschilds had attempted to do in Europe with the European Union that was then going to join NAFTA to form a TAFTA, um, like a tr uh, transatlantic free trade area merging the two. Um, it also had a component, you know, like the Schengen Agreement in Europe that allowed the free, um, free movement of, of workers around, uh, around Europe. They were going to have the same among the signatory countries. Um, and Can I stop I, I you there? I'd very... like to ask you a question about sure. that. Go ahead. With, with the free movement now, this is in jeopardy because of the vaccine passport. Does this enter into this philosophy or this agenda in any way, the vaccine passports? Yes. Um, uh, China has, has long had a policy of, of tracking and tracing its, uh, its uh, citizens. Um, the, the Chinese leadership you know, views itself as um, all all powerful and that the workers, you know, are essentially, you know, their assets. So that they tried to, tr to track and trace and ration uh, the expenditure uh, for those citizens and while deriving as much benefit um, from, to themselves um, from them. So uh, the, the, the passport, the vaccine passport was meant to uh, enable them to kind of to track and trace your movements to determine who can go where. Um, and it was intended to be kind of tied into this uh, growing kind of scientifically controlled technocracy. Mm -hmm. Why would they want to know where people are at at any given time? Um, it allows them to control them. And I think it goes back to their, um, their in intelligence networks. They want total information awareness. Um, and from, from that total information awareness, they can gain the clarity they need to maintain their, their advantage, whether um, in you know, commercial enterprises or within government. It would enable them to immediately um, put down any threats to their power. Yeah, what you have just done beautifully is you have fully illustrated why we have to look at the history to understand the objectives of the present. I, I appreciate that. Yes, the, what we are seeing now is um, a, a pattern that they have repeated century after century after century. Just now it, it's becoming, you know, so in your face, you know that we that we can't uh, we can't ignore it, but it, it is a pattern that they have demonstrated. Well, that's um, fascinating. Okay, so we've got got this plan 
to infiltrate America through immigration controlled by China. Is that correct? That's correct. And just to give you an illustration of, of how they're managing this, um, you know, we can see clearly that um, Biden is serving the communist Chinese agenda. Um, recently, about 2,000 or 20,000 Haitians um, were uh, sent to the border to cross into America. Now, these Haitians, how did Haitians um, arrive in Latin America um, you know, to, uh, to, to do this? Well, they were placed uh, in Chile and Brazil on the 2010 uh, during Obama's administration. Um, Chi- uh, Chile and Brazil are China's biggest trading partners um, in Latin America. So they were placed in, uh, in, in uh, Chile and Brazil, and then once Biden um, came into office, they were sent forward, you know, ha- ha- having, you know, when, when they had already had jobs, they were, they were established within those countries. They were sent forth through the, uh, through the border, and among other organizations um, assisting them and, and directing uh, their immigration is the International Rescue Committee, um, which was established after World War II. Um, to help refugees, particularly communist refugees, come into uh, America, and which were, you know these refugees then were implanted into our government, into other positions of power, as communist agents. Um, so you have the International Rescue Committee um, helping to facilitate the immigration of uh, these people who are essentially dependent upon um, communist China. You have communist China. Uh, establishing bilateral trade agreements with them, sharing technology, Chinese executives uh, taking uh, immig- migrating to these countries. They also have an interest in moving people off the land because China is desperate for uh, for natural resources. Um, Chile has lithium. Um, lithium, of course, is a, a key component uh, in, in building um, electric cars. Um, and so. They're, they're trying to kind of take the resources from these countries that they need farmland and so forth. So China has um, a, a motivation uh, to, um, to move people off the land, and we can see that from the, these countries where China has influence, that they are then being pushed into, uh, into America. Wow, this is absolutely fascinating because when you describe Chile, you're also describing Afghanistan. Correct, which also has has a substantial lithium. Yes, um, and of course the Biden agenda, as announced, is no gas guzzlers by 2030, and complete electric cars. So, yeah, and in other words, he's handing over the key personal transportation component in America to the communist Chinese. That's correct, and. Uh, with electric cars, you, you you know you'd have electrical components that could potentially be connected into this technocratic grid that would allow you know the, the controllers to determine the movement of your cars, how much gas are you spending. There are now efforts to um, to tax drivers per mile, you know, per drivable yeah, mile. Yeah, that's in, um, that's in the uh, 3.5 trillion dollar bill. You're exactly right. Mm-hmm. It's called VMT, vehicle mileage tax. Vehicle, correct. Um, and, and also supporting um, the International Rescue Committee uh, um, in, in, with this immigration. I, I neglected to mention this earlier. Um, are um, the Vatican, you know, which Rothschild controls, um, and uh, churches that are affiliated affiliated with the World Council of Churches. Um, the WCC is um, an ecumenical organization that um, was funded and uh, created by uh, the Rockefellers. 
um, to create like a, um, a moral framework that supported the United Nations, you know, which was to emerge as the, um, the global governing body. Um, and so the, the WCC um, kind of infil- allowed uh, communism to infiltrate through the churches. And, you know, the affiliated churches are you know, promoting this uh, immigration. So the policy. WCC stands for the World Council of Churches. Is that right? That's correct. Yes. Okay. Um, and could, since it's Rockefellers and you've got a historical precedent here, is this what's behind 501c3 tax exemption for churches so the government can control their political content? Um, I, I think churches originally were not, um, I, I think they would be denied their 501c3 uh, status if they uh, engaged in any type of political electioneering. Mm-hmm. Yes. But. Um, during the Obama administration, that clearly was thrown to the wayside. Um, in fact, the United Church of Christ very aggressively uh, promoted Obama and uh, even allowed him, I believe, to campaign at one of their churches. Okay. So they and its community organizers um, were mobilized by Obama to help, you know, push through Obamacare and other, you know, other policies. Um, and, and the current event that seems to be related to, as I'm sure you know, Nancy Pelosi just visited the Pope, and it was ostensibly over the abortion issue. I don't know if it was confined to that, but that was the public disclosure. And uh, you obviously have a conflict between uh, Catholic morality and doctrine and uh, support of abortion that's clearly headed towards the Supreme Court uh, again. So... Um, how does this factor in, like the abortion issue? Does that enter into this at all, too? Uh, I, the uh, the Vatican um, is controlled by by the black nobility, who um, are essentially these ancient um, oh, merchant families who, for, you know, for centuries have been um, engaged with Central Asia um, and working with, with the Rothschilds um, to establish monopolies throughout the world. So they're they're not religious, but they're using relig- religion. Um, as an agency to um, to promote their agenda, so I think you know we know that you know, abortion is um, you know one of their uh, one of their agenda items. My goodness gracious, too, because Nancy Pelosi going to the Pope is no accident. I don't know if you know this or not, but her father, uh, namesake Delessandro, was the mayor of Baltimore, but he was also a major player in the Black nobility. Interesting. That's a confirmation for you, and um, I, I believe that um, Anthony Fauci had also spoken before uh, the Vatican um, before he launched his AIDS crusade. So he um, he was also oh, uh, received a great deal of support from the Vatican. Oh, how are you still alive? I'm sorry to be so flippant, but my gosh, this is incredible. I mean, this I mean, opens up parallel. <laughs> Susan, this opens up parallel avenues, though. Uh, of of the undermining of the human race. I mean, the, the AIDS was contrived, uh, the Wuhan virus was contrived, and here Fauci has a hand in both of it. That's amazing. That's what an amazing disclosure. Let's talk about the AIDS thing for a second. How, how do you know this, and do you know the extent, any details of any agreed upon items? Um. I think I stumbled upon this when um, I was researching the Vatican's role in um, promoting, uh, the, I guess, the, the COVID vaccines and the, tack and tr- the track and trace technology and the, the gene um, altering technology that was to be implanted within the vaccine. And um, I, I noticed that the, the Vatican had convened um, a commission bringing together um, the head of, of 
Google's, I think, medical um, uh, uh, medical program and other related programs having to do with gene therapy. Um, uh, Chelsea Clinton was present, and um, I wanted to know like, what was the the previous commission that the parallel to that. Uh, and Fauci had participated in that one, and, and I saw that after he participated in this um, panel before the Vatican, um, that he was then elevated to, uh, to, I think he was elevated to join, or he was put in charge of the CDC after that point. And uh, with AIDS, he um, had aligned with the conservatives to make it appear as though um, AIDS was uh, God's retribution against sin. And I, I remember that he had hyped up the, the virus, and he, you know, he, to create hysterical hysteria that anybody, you know, within a close proximity to an AIDS victim could could contract it. You could contract it from your pets um, to create hysteria that would then drive um, drive profits for the pharmaceutical companies. So he drove the concept of shedding, and now when you bring up shedding with the vaccine people, it's laughed at. How 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 interesting. Yes, I think they 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 roll out these um, scenarios and then they, they try to refine and and uh, roll them I guess roll them out again. My goodness gracious, this is just absolutely incredible. Um, do you think this is such a bad question? I can't help but believe Fauci is not enormously funded from outside sources outside the U.S. government. Do you know anything about that? Um, um, I, I, I haven't researched his uh, financial uh, uh, back. I think from, from what I've read or, or heard um, that he uh, doesn't he have um, stocks or he's heavily invested within pharmaceutical companies. So he's profiting from the coronavirus. And I believe his wife also works at, at the agency. But I'm not sure uh, that fits. the extent to which he has funded. In 2014, in the last uh, immigration invasion, um, I did some research on the CDC because we were concerned about Ebola coming across and we had a few outbreaks of Ebola in the country. And this is when West Africa was going nuts with Ebola. And some of these residents from West Africa nations were showing up at our border. So I interviewed um, prominent people within the AMA, prominent people, and they were concerned about this. And this is before they got the message to shut up. And it was really interesting because as I delved into this, I found two very interesting things. One, the CDC owns the patent for Ebola and all Ebola treatment. And technically, some people think I had a legal opinion that said that they technically, if you had Ebola, they own you. I don't know if that's true, but I do know the first thing is true. The second thing that, that I found was that they actually had developed a vaccine for Ebola through a place called Crucell Laboratories. This has all been scrubbed from the internet, but I maintain the hard copies on my website and personal files. And their data sample was relatively small. I'm gonna get technical here with research. I really didn't like their data sample in terms of the numerical numbers they were testing. Uh, and I remember I used to teach research at the university level. And, and but I will tell you this, they concluded in 2010 that they had an effective vaccine against Ebola but then it all disappears as soon as we started writing about it and I wasn't the only one who wrote about it but when you talk about the fact that Fauci is benefiting from the pharmaceutical uh, connections with the Wuhan virus and all these other things I have seen related stories with the CDC that's my point for bringing this up 
It's, it's very interesting that you mentioned that um, the individuals who received um, the, the Ebola vaccination would then be owned uh, by uh, by the CDC. Um, the Rothschilds patented the track and trace technology. Um, their organizations, like the Purbright Institute in London, um, uh, patented the, the coronavirus, and I believe they may have also patented the coronavirus vaccine. Since well, what's that, the organization? Have, Let's uh, get this on the record. What's the organization for the track and trace, first um, of all? You know? Um, Okay, that that I don't know. I saw the patent. Um, okay. I know that the Perbright Institute has taken credit for the coronavirus. Fulbright. They have okay. a patent for it. it it's for Perbright. Perbright. Oh, how do you spell that? Um, P I R B R I G H T. And they were funded by um, the Wellcome Institute, um, WHO, European Commission, um, GlaxoSmithKline Smith, I believe. Oh, okay, okay, there we go. And these are the. There we go. Yeah, you know, the track and trace from the Rockefellers, how interesting. So there would be, they, this organization or organizations or descendants of them would be behind the vaccine passport, correct? Correct. Um, they, the, um, and also the antecedents of the Purbright Institute are, are the Rothschilds, like the Rothschilds and their commercial interests. Um, and familial, familial interests. Um, the, the point I was trying to make is that um, since they have patented the, the technology, it's a CRISPR technology that could potentially alter your genetic code. Once you, you get the vaccine, they, they technically own you since um, the, the gene will alter who you are and they hold the patent for that change. So they're, they're creating a, a new product and you become the product. Do you subscribe to the notion the vaccine changes your DNA for this purpose? Um, now, I, I'm not a physician. I'm not, not a scientist. I don't think I should be weighing into that subject matter. Uh, have you found anything in writing that satisfies your professional curiosity? That, Research-based. Um, research yes, I, I think it would be consistent with what you've said. Because I interview on a regular basis a former high-level FEMA official. She's very public now. She mm -hmm. comes on my TV show about once every two or three weeks. And this is her position with the vaccine does. And she said I was involved in planning and so forth. And she was involved in creation of detention camps and methods of extermination. And she had her come to Jesus moment. And now she's uh, on our side. And she's highly persecuted, obviously. I'm surprised she's still alive, to be honest with you. Uh, her, her name is Celeste Solemn, and I've referenced her a lot. Um, and I know I, I know um, a lot of people on my side of the fence interview her. This is a these are unbelievable revelations. You know, it's kind of like you start out with a premise um, that we're going to discuss, and we're going to go through this flowchart. But it has tentacles to so many different things that are important today. It, it really does. And I think the vaccine could potentially tie into the, the wider Chinese agenda because the uh, Chinese military brass ha have, been, have come on the record stating that they want to take over the United States. They want to expand um, onto our continent um, because they desperately need resources. They need the land, um, and, and they, but they don't want to destroy the um, you know the country itself they just want to remove the people off the land and they have gone on record st stating we need to kill hundreds of millions of americans and that we have the biological um weapon weaponry to conduct this task so i think that's mm -hmm. kind of an important point 
We have both covered that. Um, the last three Chinese defense ministers have all made the same claim along the lines of what you just said. In fact, Wee Fang was the most specific. He said race-specific bioweapons developed in concert with the communist Chinese, and this is from a leaked speech to the CCP. And they, they have identified the, the precise genome that um, determines race. So they, if they're creating um, genetically determined um, or refined vaccines, then potentially they could um, target races through that vaccine. But I, I'm not a doctor, and I can't, I can't say for sure, but it would appear that that would be a possibility. You're in good company with your analysis because I have medical people on the record saying this. Um, they even go further. Um, you know, I'm in communication with Tom Rents, who's the attorney for the frontline doctors. I'm sure you've heard of him. And it's their position that the, about, about the, um, should I say the DNA takeover, for lack of a better term, but also, too, they believe that the lack of uh, professional accurate testing, which I've detailed for 18 months, um, and they agree with that, that uh, the variants are now being used to camouflage vaccine inju injury, but the purpose of the vaccines is exactly what you're saying here. So you have the support for your assumptions here, or we say even speculations, you have the support of the frontline doctors in this regard. I mean, and they are considered to be at the tip of the spear of the what's really going on with vaccines and COVID. Uh, so what you're saying here is very consistent with what I'm hearing from Tom Rents. And on top of that, we have um, a, a Chinese agent in the White House who's trying to mandate vaccines and making uh, vaccination or employment contingent upon receiving a vaccination. Are you talking about Fauci? Uh, I'm talking about uh, Biden. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, okay, okay. this is the executive head, yes. But um, Fauci's carrying his water. I cannot believe we are out of time. We are almost, I mean, we got about a minute left, but I want to give people a chance because we pick up new audience people all the time, and uh, we're certainly going to continue along this trail. Folks, this is a series, and we may turn this into an ebook anthology. I'm being very serious. There's so much here. It's incredible. Uh, but, Susan, you've got some tremendous books here. I read your book, and it, it's like watching the most entertaining movie I've ever seen. It's hard to put down because it confirms so much of what I have suspected or know. So tell people how they can follow your good work. I appreciate that. Um, they, my, uh, my website is uh, www.susanbradford.org. Um, I have my books there, background information, and links to, um, to some of my, to my social media. The thing about uh, Susan's books is they provide the documentation behind the content of what we were talking about and a whole lot more. But I mean, if you're saying, well, how do I know about this? Uh, and you just go read her book. I'm serious, folks. It's all there. This is, Susan, this is, hang on, no, you know, but the audience, how does Dave know to ask these questions that are related? Because I read the book. <laughs> I'm serious. I've been on our website. And uh, I would recommend you do the same thing because once you do, you're going to say you'll never look at life the same. Susan, I'll be in touch. I know we're doing a TV interview coming up, but thanks so much for being with us. This is absolutely fascinating. And we'll schedule a follow-up again as always. Thanks, Susan. Take care. Thank Ladies you. and Thank gentlemen, you. we'll see Talk you back here next time.